Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Who Invited Her. We are San Diego's LGBTQ pop culture podcast. I am your host, Tony, and I am here with my other host. I'm Megan. And... Mexican Eric. Yes, Mexican Eric's here today because Bashim and Miriam T are not here. They're gone. We have no idea where they are and we don't know if they're going to be back. Ooh, no, I'm but kidding. Maybe they're together. <laughs> maybe. In a maybe. gutter. In oh. a gutter. <laughs> and we have producer Rob on sound. Hey, I'm yeah, here Yeah, Rob's here too. Yeah, anyways. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you guys, I am super excited about today's episode. You know Why? Why? <laughs> because we have a very special guest calling in. You guys know her from season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's Mrs. Kasha Davis is going to be calling in and chatting with Ooh. us in a bit. I know. I'm super excited. We had a, um, a chance to meet her last year at DragCon, Robbie mm-hmm. and I and Miriam. Um, and she was a delight, absolute delight. So we've been wanting to get her on the show for a while. And today's the day. We're going to chat with yeah, her. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. I love her style of drag. I do too. She has a very old school style of drag, the very storytelling cabaret style, like Coco Peru, Jackie B, Miss Richfield, that style. Um, and she does it great. She does it great. So we're going to talk about her time on Drag Race, her children's, um, the Drag uh, Story Hour, which is Imagination Station. Mm. We're going to talk about that, her YouTube stuff, and a bunch of other things. So I'm super excited about that. But before we get to that, I wanted to ask you guys in your opinion on some drama that happened this week um, with... Wendy Williams. Did you see this shit? Oh, yeah. No, tell God, me I what's cannot, going on. I because cannot handle... Let's wait. Can we just bring her up real quick? Like, yeah. she's the one, like, didn't she faint on TV? She did, Because yeah. she did too much coke or something. I well, know. and what... I don't know. I she, just, for one, I've never... And I know this is going to be very controversial for people out there. I've never been a fan of hers. I and agree. I know... A lot of the gays are like, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't stand her. Okay. I think she's so fake and so ignorant and I, homophobic. I, I will say I actually enjoyed her when she had a radio show back. I didn't even like her based then. out of New York. And and she wasn't anyone. And she wasn't full of herself yet. But now yeah. I just uh, there's always been a fakeness to her that I've never liked. Well, I've never been a fan. Correct. I didn't know she had a radio show. Yeah. yeah long oh. time ago. Oh. That's how she got started. Oh, So yeah. she got into some hot water this week on her show because she say, made some homophobic homophobic remarks on a show. So I'm going to play the clip of the show and I'm going to get your thoughts on this. Let me tell you something right now. For me, I'm tuning up tonight to rest because tomorrow's Valentine's I don't even care about Valentine's Day. But look, look, clap if you're participating in Valentine's Day. Well, first of all, if you're a man and you're clapping, you're not even a part of this. Okay. <laughs> All right, you don't even understand the rules of the day. It's women going out and getting saucy and then going back home. Yeah, you're not a part. I don't care if you're gay. You don't get a mency every 28 days, all right? Well, her fans like it. You can do a lot that we do. But I get offended by the idea that we go through something you will never go through. And stop wearing our skirts and our heels. Okay, she's not funny. Yeah. No. So she got in a lot of hot water for that. See, up until the point when she said, I don't care if you're gay or whatever she said, up until there, I was like, okay, she's talking about guys. Guys don't get what women are, or whatever. She's separating men from women, right? Right. Then when she makes the comment about the guy being gay and like, you don't know what we're going through. And I'm like, uh, my first thought was like, oh, okay, so the gay community, all the suicides that happen with teens, all of the bullying, all of the hate for, for years and years and years that the gay community has dealt with. No. Yeah. We don't know what you're going through. Yeah. Oh, it made me so mad. I agree. Um, We're talking about, okay. Men shouldn't be wearing heels and skirts and all that. It's like, you know, it reminds me of back in the twenties when women started wearing pants and everyone said, you can't wear pants. Those are men's clothes. And it's like, if men want to wear heels, men want to wear skirts, let them wear skirts. Men wear heels back in the 1700s. They used to like a nice heel. Watch out. And Darren, you'll see men in kilts, which is kind of skirt. Like, so just, can we get over? This is a man thing. This is a woman thing. And just let people do whatever they want. Yeah. I think she's just ignorant. 
homophobic and well, she I just see, I didn't interpret it that way first of all I thought Valentine's Day at first was like your gay best friends like, I, <laughs> I thought it was like let's all go celebrate together yeah. like with my gays and then you know more of my girlfriends started posting you know it on you yeah. know all the memes and all that stuff so I was like oh um, I guess this is like for all the girls like girlfriends yeah. but I also think that my quote-unquote girlfriends aka my gays yeah I'm not to be Again, not to be controversial on that. Please don't take offense. Um, no. Anyone can freaking celebrate that. Like, shut up, Wendy. Like, why are you saying, like, guys couldn't celebrate Valentine's yeah. Day? Like, maybe your husband would come out with you and the girls. Like, yeah. I didn't take it as, like, I know I get what, you know, you guys yeah. go through. But I took it as, like, okay, like, yes, we menstruate. We get pregnant. We carry a baby. Like, all this mm-hmm. stuff. I don't like the fact that she said they don't know what. Well, that's the thing I think what's wrong with it is, yeah, I get it. Women, you've gone through your thing. You go through your thing. But she has no right to disregard another community or another sex or another group of people's struggles. And that's what she did. She disregards it and it's like, no, yours is not important. Mine is. And she can't do that. And and that's what's wrong with what she said. I guarantee you she was just trying to be cheeky and she was trying to be funny. No, she was just trying to be a bitch. And like, (laughs) it just, and that's how it came out. But like, she, it's wrong though. Yeah. Clearly. What do you think, Eric? She like didn't want to apologize and Mm -hmm. then she did apologize. But it is such a fake apology. Yeah. And, and I'm the same way with you. I'm like, what cool girl would not invite their gays to a galentine party like every yeah. cool girl would be like yeah i want my gays there all the time even and, if I'm, I, and yeah. I'm sure for her she has gays on her her posse who makes her look the way she does and does her hair and makeup. i'm sure yeah and it's not just like letting your gays come to a galentine's day it's like when we go out we always invite megan we always invite all yeah. of our other girlfriends yeah. it's like why would you exclude somebody i don't know i don't yeah get it. the way it came across to me is like she's telling oh because you're gay, you're still, this still applies to you. You're still a guy. You can't comprehend the struggle I go through as a woman. That's how it came across to me. Oh, and stop, stop taking our like, our style of dress. Yeah, dress stop wearing our heels, heels and, skirts. and skirts. And that it's actually so is stupid. the part that like offends me the most yeah. because it's it's like it's like what would it what would it be like if I told her stop wearing pants? Yeah, or, put on a skirt or stop wearing wigs, Wendy. Like, yeah, yeah like <laughs> or fake eyelashes or like. Yeah. I mean, I'm I really didn't know if she was a man or a woman. To be I honest. know you told us this and I and, and people and hey, people think yeah. I they don't know if I'm a man or a woman, but this sometimes isn't, too. This isn't the first time she's had. Had, uh, there's been the homophobic rumor with her. There's been a lot of those in the past with her. And I'm always surprised when going out in the community and I meet other gay people who are just diehard fans of hers and just really? think she walks on water. No. And I'm like, oh no, she's, she's kind of gross. I've never met one person that yeah. actually likes that show or watches it, to be yeah, honest. Neither, well, I don't have no friends that watch it. <laughs> <People> <laughs> met. Well, because we all have day jobs. So yeah, for one. <laughs> we can't really watch it. Well, I work from home. Yeah. And so I'll like turn it on. And if it's on, I change it. Yeah. I can't. It's like to me, it's a car wreck. Anyways, yeah. regardless then, of that comment. And then on Twitter, there were so many people that were like, yeah, say what we've been thinking. All women saying this, um, commenting on her post. Like, yes, we agree with you. And then. There's the gay guys commenting on hers like, uh, you know what she said was kind of homophobic. And then the women jumping on those comments being like, no, just because you're a guy, you don't get. And it's like, I, I think people need to understand everybody goes through struggles. Something. Maybe somebody's struggles not as hard as yours, but for their life, it is. And you can't just disregard that and make it not important. But she's also like... Like having your period. I mean, to me, yeah, yes, it's a struggle, and it's for, to me, it's like first yeah. world problem. Like I pop some, you know, some mydol, and then I, which is nice because it's like a tummy suppressant. <laughs> like it's supposed to make your tummy flat, so I take yeah. it even more so. Just kidding. Like on a night out, would um, it make would it make my tummy flat? Would totally. It make- <gasps> How do we get this? No, well, it's, like, it's like an, it, it's, it, you know, it's like Advil or whatever, yeah. but it has a little bit of like an appetite suppressant in it, oh, and um, oh. it's supposed, yeah. So, anyways, so I'm like, I love this shit, but <laughs> anyway, but again, it's like, yes, like you guys will never understand having to go buy tampons, which I'm sure if I asked yeah. you to go buy me tampons, you would. Um, you know, yeah. she, she, I get her point, but. Again, it's but I don't agree with how she said. Yeah, it. I get I get her point about. 
that aspect, but when she when she called out the gay man in the audience, that's Correct. where it took right. a wrong turn. But who her. made her queen of the Galen- yeah. Galentine's Day and or who, whatever? And who made her opinion matter? Like, well, who I, is she? No, I'm I think it's it's just <laughs> ironic though that she's saying, "Well, we're having Galentine's Day because you men don't understand what's like the menstruate," and that's true. Nobody's disagreeing with no. that. No. Um, but then she's saying, you guys got to stop wearing heels and dresses. Okay, yeah, so how can why? you just say... <laughs> really unnecessary. It, yeah. it, like, it doesn't make any sense to say you have to understand um, our lot in life with our menstruation, but yet I'm going to take no time understanding why men wear skirts and heels. Like, a lot of effeminate men grow up not being allowed to express themselves as they are. They grow up not being allowed to wear heels, not being... Because you get told from the time you're a little kid that being a female or being feminine is bad and here you have men that are saying no we want to celebrate femininity because it's part of us too i want to wear heels i look good in them i want to wear skirts i look good in them and i want to wear makeup because i know how to put it on and i look good in it and who are you to tell me i can't that's kind of what drag is about and that's and i think that's just the society we were we live in where Ever since the beginning of time, it's like men wear this, women wear this. Look at Barbie. End of story. But if we got rid of all of that and there was no gender specification on what men should be wearing and what women should be wearing that started way back, way back when, this conversation wouldn't be happening in her. She wouldn't be able to make that comment of don't be wearing my heels and don't be wearing Again, I don't even... You know what I mean? I just think she's trying to be, like I said, cheeky. And her... And her audience loved it. Like, yeah. shut up. Who are those losers in the audience? Like, <laughs> I mean, they all cheered for her. I'm like, she's yeah. not funny. That wasn't funny. Yeah. I mean, so. And she's gotten in hot water for a lot of topics. Like when she made fun of Joaquin Phoenix's cleft lip and she was holding up for thing, making fun of him about it. I mean, it's like, come on, lady. But see, you can't throw stones if you look like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you look like a trout, no, I didn't want to get struck by lightning, but you know, like, I mean, you, I'm sorry, but she's not perfect either. So like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But no, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on that because that came out this week and I read it and I was just like, fuming this motherfucking, (laughs) this, ugh. So you guys are going to take a quick break. Ooh. And when we come back, we are going to have Miss Kasha Davis Yay. on the phone. And I'm super excited to talk to her. So we will see you after the break. Eric, right. get our drinks. Yeah. Get <laughs> we'll be right back, you guys. Hey, all you little whores out there. If you love live theater and you're in the San Diego area, then you have to check out our friends at OB Playhouse in Ocean Beach. Hi, everyone. It's Jenny. I've been on the show several times, best girlfriend of the show. And I'm here to tell you about our whole season at OB Playhouse. Right now, we are playing Rocky Horror Show from January 16th to March 1st. After that, please come check out Into the Woods. That show will run from March 13th to April 12th. After that, we're going to bring you the hilariously funny Spamalot from Monty Python. That runs April 24th to May 25th. Then, back by popular demand, we are bringing back Urine Town. That's right, Urine Town. That show will run June 5th to June 28th. And then you've got to come down this summer and see The Full Monty. Yes, you will see The Full Monty at OB Playhouse, July 10th through August 16th. And then we are bringing back for you our very, very successful run of American Idiot, August 28th to October 4th. Thanks, Jenny. I'm definitely going to check out this season, especially the full Monty. I'm not going to miss that one. You don't want to miss that one. You don't want to miss any of them, Rob. For season tickets, please visit obplayhouse.com. Also, check out our Facebook page for special event pricing. Thanks. We'll see you there. Oh, Rob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, I'm very, very excited to talk to Somebody that I've been a fan of for a while. She is the internationally celebrated housewife of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 7, Miss Kasha Davis. How are you, Miss Kasha D- Davis? I'm doing well. I, I'm so glad to be here. How, how are you? We are good. We're here in sunny San Diego, and the weather is like perfect summer weather today. It's crazy. Uh, well, I'm in sunny Rochester, New York, <laughs> where it's sunny and snow. So, snow. But it's perfect. It's pretty. There you go. <laughs> so I've been I've been a fan of yours since season seven is when I first um, became 
aware of you. And I was really excited to see you on the show after the promos of season seven came out because of the style of drag you do is the kind of the drag I grew up with. <laughs> and then after you were on the show, it was just, I've been following your career. Um, so for people who may not know, how did Miss Kasha Davis start? You know, I, uh, I, I went to school for theater and I moved to Rochester, New York. And I, I went out and I used to watch Pandora box and Darien Lake and, and, uh, these these gals that you also know from Drag Race, but also some other favorites like Aggie Dune and, and um, Ambrosia Salad, and I thought, oh, they're good. Yeah. But then I saw Miss Richfield 1981 in oh, P-Town, I and I was floored because she was not just, you know, she was entertaining and she wasn't trying to just be pretty. She was a character. Mm-hmm. And that, and that then I came back home and I said, hey, guys, can I be a part of the show? And they, were, they said yes. Well, since then, that back then I was just Kasha Davis, and because there were these strippers backstage one time and, you know, I'm a lady, I'm a married woman. <laughs> and they were, they, all the other girls were checking them out. And I was like, oh, no, no. And, you know, I'd look from afar, but I'm not going to touch anything. And they were like, oh. And so the owner of the club was, it's Mrs. Kasha Davis. And um, that's how that started. And so that was, and I think it's like 15 years now oh, wow. ago, which is not very long, really, no. for an old gal like me. But I got started late because I came out late and I also came to the drag clubs late in life. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, Drag Race began uh, where Pandora was on season two and we all got caught the bug because we figured if she can get cast, any of us could. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, no, she's she moved to um, L.A. to become a star. And she'll be back. Um, but she, um, she's, she's our sister. We love her. Yeah. And uh, the long and short of it was that I was like, I got to get, you know, got to get on there because this is what I've always wanted to do. And, yeah. and there it was. And so season seven happened and I was hammered. And uh, there, <laughs> there was that. <laughs> because there's always time for, for a cocktail. cocktail or yes. <laughs> and yeah. I love that you bring up Miss Richfield 1981 because I've seen her a few times when she comes to San Diego at Martinis above Fourth, and she puts on such a freaking good show, <laughs> and she's hilarious. Oh, she, she's so funny. Yeah, and it's true camp drag. You know, oh, it's yeah. that that old school camp kind of thing. And and really, what I love about uh, the new season of the the girls in the UK is all that campy, fun, theatrical aspect of a character you know and yeah. not that fashion is fine but it's just more more what i relate to yeah it's that old school of storytelling drag like the coco perus the varla jean jackie beats you know like that era of drag which more than just i guess you could say lip singing people actually sang sang and got up and told stories you know i'm i'm, I'm proud to say that i get up and i tell a story mm-hmm. and uh st- it's stand up and it's live singing and sometimes there's lip syncing you know yeah. i know a few of the words um <laughs> i'll get through so are you from originally um rochester no i'm originally from scranton pennsylvania pennsylvania uh yeah I uh, grew up in the 70s and 80s back there. Me too. And then, um, yeah, I, I was, you know, as you do back then, I was closeted. Mm-hmm. And I was ended up getting married to my high school sweetheart. And uh, she and I obviously didn't work out. <laughs> so I, you know, I moved to Rochester, New York to follow work. And then I found my Prince Charming and my, my, uh, my career here beyond... You know, the day job, I found yeah. the opportunity to, to follow my passion and and, uh, and be with Mr. Davis, who's we've been together 17 years. Wow, 17 oh, years. Seven. How long did it take you to come out? Because how long were you married to your, your wife? So I was, um, we, we met in 1988, mm-hmm. which was in high school. And then we were together from um, 88 to 98, we divorced. So we married. We were married from ninety three to ninety eight. So it, I mean, we were kids. Oh God, yeah. we were twenty and twenty one. And I remember my father. I mean, the the conversations were had about me being feminine since I can ever remember, and it was just suppressed. Which is, I think, why I have such a desire to do drag because I can celebrate that aspect of myself. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was just suppressed, and it was forced to. You know, I had to speak lower. I had to play football, and all blah blah blah. So we were we were best friends, and I came out to her a couple times. And the one time I came out to her, she's like, "Oh, you're just European." 
European. <laughs> Just like in Legally Blonde, the musical, that straighter European or gayer European, the song. Yeah. And, For all and the I theater like, nerds are you out there. Kidding? We would go out with our friends and myself, it would be a double dates, and then we'd drop the girls off, and then he and I would get together afterwards. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, 17 years, you and Mr. Davis, how, like, what is the key to 17 years? You know, we're uh, honestly our we're best friends, and that's the biggest thing. Is I mean, we have had our ups and downs like any relationship, um, and uh, for the most part, we can keep it up. No, um, <laughs> the uh, he, you know, when we when we started dating, he kept the fact that he had kids uh, separate because you know when you're first dating people, you never know yeah. what's going to work out, and when he pulled me aside and told me that it was like this big dream come true because I, that's all I ever wanted was to have that family. And our, our youngest is 25 and she just got engaged. So we're, you know, we're getting, we're getting to that point of our, our, our relationship where I could be a grandmother. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, these kids are going to be spoiled rotten. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. So, hi, this is Robbie. I was just wondering what your what do your kids think about your drag and your um your other uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis persona? You know, uh, early on when uh, when I was first heading out to do shows, we would have the kids on the weekends because mm-hmm. you know you go back and forth, and we had them every weekend. And when I would have shows, you know, you put the kids up to to bed, and all of a sudden, like Ed disappears, you know. And, uh, finally I said, I can't be sneaking around like this. This doesn't, this, we have to tell them. So we, and they were like, who cares? You know, um, (laughs) they, then, then when they saw the costumes, they were like, are you kidding me? So we would have dress up time and, uh, their mom was, is a bit more conservative and, you know, it took her a little bit more to get her wrap her head around all of it, of course. Yeah. But they, but they, um, you know, she was, she was like, oh, the kids aren't going to, I don't want them wearing high heels. They're going to. They're going to hurt themselves. I was like, listen, no daughter of mine is going to go to the prom in flats. So we would have like <laughs> high heel, you know, we oh, would yeah. practice. And, um, you know, I think in high school it was a little, uh, it was, it was more awkward, but now, I mean, they're 25 and, and I think 28. Um, and they come to shows, they bring their friends, they go to the brunches, you know, the girls at that age, they love a brunch. Oh yeah. Um, so they're proud. They're, they're great daughters. They're, you know, they have an interesting life. They have, uh, you know, a good mom, a good dad. And then they have these stepdads on both sides and we all create this family unit that everybody has their own, you know, they, they bring their own, you know, part to the table to help them. And, uh, we're proud of them there. One is a counselor, a high school counselor, and she also has a hair salon. And the other one is a librarian. And she helps me with my story hour that I do with kids and guides me on what she's learned about that. So it's, they're great kids. So with the, the drag story hour, now it's the imagination station, isn't it? I think is what what you guys changed it to. And you know, what we did was we conformed to, uh, this world we live in and we were, we were, it's a drag story hour. You know, we sing, we read a book, we do a dance party and a craft. It's nothing that unique. We do some, we do some other things like some Mm -hmm. video content and some other artists in the community help to put some stuff together. But the bottom line is the news, no one would touch us because we said drag story hour. Now, clearly I'm a drag queen. Yeah. And the minute we changed to imagination station, everybody wants to sponsor and be a part of it. Isn't this world crazy? I'm like, I'm still a drag queen, but okay. (laughs) Well, we saw some of that here in San Diego because San Diego a couple months ago was doing the first drag story hour here at the public library. And, oh, my God, the protesters that came out for it and the their argument was so stupid. And there's literally like our friends that are drag queens doing the the story hour. And I'm like. These drag queens, they're married, and they have kids of their own, the ones that we know. Well, I'll tell you, when we first started doing it, we were at a public library. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I was starting up with a theater. And the the director of our Imagination Station pulled me aside, and he said, you know, if the protesters ask you any questions, don't argue with them. Just say, we don't have an agenda. Our agenda is kindness. If you should see someone different in this world, no matter what it is, to treat them with kindness. And so they can't really argue that. And that being said, we did have protesters that original, not many, but some when we were in a public library. But when we switched to being in a theater, yeah, 
because it's private, it's just like nobody, I mean, very, very few times have we had protesters outside the theater. And of course they have a right to be there, but it was just silly. It was, it was next to nothing. So if I ever speak to drag queens that are talking about it and they get frustrated, you know, if you, if you can get a theater involved, it becomes a little bit easier because, you know, all of a sudden the people, it's not publicly funded. And yeah, where did your passion for that, for doing the story hour for kids or even a program for kids start? You know, I think going back to what we said about, or we were talking about Pennsylvania in Mm. the seventies, there was nothing like that. And even though today uh, it's such a passion of mine to tell a coming out story and to be there for our kids, because we hear so many situations where kids are either bullied or there's suicide attempts or obviously they some succeed. And what can I do with this platform besides, you know, lip sync and dance around and and make people laugh. Mm -hmm. I can still make people laugh and entertain, but show these kids that they have a place and not just the kids, you know, I went through a interesting couple years where uh, I, I, I sobered up, and in that process, I was able to take a look at myself and my actions and be able to say, "Oh, wait, I'm, my father's not 100% guilty here. I had something to do with that." And I realize now that while he was so tough on me, he was trying to protect me, and he also had nowhere to see where his child could be safe. Yeah, uh, he didn't see examples of positive relationships. He did. So the more we can provide that for not just the kids, but for the parents, I think as a community, the the stronger we'll be because it's not just about gender or sexuality. It's you know, kids and uh, have always been bullied mm-hmm. for everything from glasses to you know the way you walk. If we say different is okay, no matter what it is, and we all come together. I mean, just today, I did we did two sessions. And I had two dads, clearly straight, because they were in sweatpants with mismatch shirts and shoes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, but we welcome them because they're different. No, they they were sweet. They came to me and they said, you know, I never thought I'd come to this, but thank you for helping me because, mm-hmm. you know, I like to show my kids that they should accept everyone in the world. And, you know, these are programs that we don't do much preaching. We just read a book and we talk about kindness and we sing some songs. And the fact of the matter is there happens to be a drag queen doing it, which is just enough. It's just so bizarre to me that people would be such against such an innocent thing as reading a book to a child. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, because they think they have their idea of what's happening there. And, yeah. you know, I invite them in. I say, come sit down and watch. I challenge you to find something inappropriate. You know, I mean, of course, they have some mindset against it and some other uh I don't even know what, but so do do you often have kids that ask questions about the drag? Or? You know, it's it, it's a great question because next to never. I I say oftentimes when I talk about story hour, I say that you know the kids come to the theater, they know that Mrs. Kasha Davis lives there. She likes sparkly dresses and reads books. That's like kind of what they think that they just accept it, right? I had a. Uh, one TV station comment interview and they said, well, why didn't you explain to the kids why you were dressed in drag? I said, because they haven't asked the question. You know, if the kids ask the question, we'll answer it. Today, I, I think twice out of the last several years that I've been doing this, one little girl said, I know you're not really a woman. And I was like, you figured <laughs> it out, you know, high five. And then she became my, you know, my buddy. And the same thing today, a boy is like, you're a boy dressed as a girl. And like, you're right. And he's like, by Mrs. Kasha Davis. Like that was it. Like it was not, you know, he just wanted to make sure I knew that he knew. He was like, um, the jig is up. <laughs> yeah. And you know what so, I think what I think is interesting about it is um a lot of people have an issue with talking about homosexuality in general in front of kids, and then in particular drag because they think it confuses them. However, when I was a young kid, five, six years old. I knew that there was something up even at that time. It would have been really helpful to have a role model live and in person to help explain what it is, that it's okay. Um, I never really understood the argument about not being open and honest in front of children. Yeah. Well, of course, right? And we've learned, I think, just in parenting in general, when when I was a kid, I'm almost 49 soon, you know, it was like, oh, you don't say that in front of kids. But we all knew, right? We knew our parents were mad. We knew when something was happening. Like, we didn't exactly know what it was, but we knew that yeah. something was up. And so honesty, we've learned with kids, is the best, you know, the the best policy. And I think what we do is we choose books. Like, today's was a family is a family is a family, it's called. 
and I don't remember the author because I don't have it in front of me, but in that book, it talks, it, it goes through moms and moms and dads and dads and uh, parents that are divorced and, and blended families. And so, you know, it, it just lightly talks about all these things so that kids can say, oh, okay, I have a place where I fit in, you know, and, and then beyond that, sometimes it's a story of two, two princes that fall in love mm-hmm. uh, or two princesses or whatever. Uh, another time there was a one about a boy who wanted to, uh, uh, again, I don't remember the title, but the, the idea was that he wanted to wear his favorite dress to school. And so these books touch on these subjects and just these little bright eyes just look and they love, you know, yeah. we project the, the, the illustrations up on a screen and they're attentive and, um, if we ever ask questions afterwards, what did you think? I liked, I liked his yellow dress, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking to myself, did you just say that? Like, because back in my day, it would be like, you know, he's weird. They don't say that as much. Of course they do somewhere. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm it, it, if I could do nothing else in drag, but, but story hour or, you know, our intentions are to put together a, a, a kid's television show again, but, you know, instead of it being Pee Wee Herman, or uh, Mrs. Doubtfire be Mrs. Concha Davis. Every, that would be Saturday amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah. There should and, be that. Uh, I think especially now with how RuPaul's Drag Race has changed and brought drag to the mainstream, it would be, I think there's even bigger of a possibility for a show like that right now on TV or on one of the streaming I, I networks. Would, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I know I'm going to go after it, and I'm sure uh, Nina West... Oh, yeah. uh, might, uh, you know, she's got her music for kids yeah. and, uh, there's never, I mean, there's, there, there's never, it doesn't have to be one person. There's different angles and different oh, things that we can sure. do. And I think, you know, in the last couple of years, we've said RuPaul's Drag Race has gone mainstream and mm-hmm. it, I didn't believe it until more recently in this last year when we, you know, just recently, what last week or whatever, Saturday night live. And now I hear there's going to be uh, a, on a uh, family feud. They're going to represent the drag race family will be on family feud. Like these are so excite. This is exciting for us as a, as a community, but specifically as the drag race family to be able to be able to, you know, offer these, these, this representation. I, mm-hmm. I recently did um, a, a, a program on world of wonder called this is shit. And, <laughs> oh, uh, with the, and um, again, it's with what's his sort name? Of the, the hockey guys in that one, the gay hockey player. Is he is doesn't he isn't he gonna be doing that with you? Brock McGillis? Yes, Brock McGillis. Yeah. And uh so we did our series and it's about talking about how people all have something, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we recently he came to the UK and we did one live that will be it will be up on World of Wonder soon or Well Presents YouTube soon. And this little kid just stood up and you know, it was I was thinking to myself that uh she seemed older but it was a a little boy dressed in drag and but was like you know with a big hat and dressed in an older style drag yeah. and so i was confused at the age but it was <laughs> it was a younger child a kid and in tears saying drag queens have helped you know for him to find a place in the world and and just so eloquently saying thank you and i was like oh my god oh my that's god. true payment yeah. not not a gig at a nightclub that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a gig at a whatever, a tour or a comedy club or whatever. Those are wonderful things to be able to say that you're doing and 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 work, of course. But that there's no there's no payment better than that to hear this young child saying like, "Thank you for making me feel like I have a place in this world." Yeah, I mean that's so, be so gratifying. I, I have a question. <clears throat> this is Erica. Um, I was wondering, have you ever thought about doing a children's book? Actually, I, well, I have, <laughs> I have, I have two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Eddie P wants to be a star is one of them, right? Which is based off yes. of your childhood. It is based off my childhood. Uh, Eddie P wants to be a star. And the other is your gift is your smile. And um, they're both really in my life story and uh, things that I've learned from, you know, twisted a little bit for, for kids so that it's the idea of um, there's no dream that's wrong. I was told as a kid, my father was like, you can't be a star. You can't be an actor. Nobody, you don't know anybody who does that. And uh, I learned to live in that like limited space. And then as I grew older, I realized I, wow, I, you know, I, I'm holding myself back. Yeah. 
And then your gift is your smile is uh, the idea of uh, focusing on gratitude and, and how you can be helping others in your community. Oh, I love that. That's great. You you went to school for theater. You were you were a theater kid, probably growing up. Oh yes, did acting and all that kind of stuff. Did you do like community theater and all that? I did, and uh, oh, it was it was where I found my place. Yeah. You know, like I was mentioning earlier, my father was forcing me into football going the wrong way. I didn't want to get dirty. You know, it was just like I baseball. I'd cry when I had to go up the bat because <laughs> I thought I was going to get hit. Like it was just like oh, you know, oh yeah, and. Oh, yeah. And it was a lot of it because of the pressure he had to try to, you know, and I was, I took karate and I had a weight lift and, you know, a lot of this stuff was helpful. Now I can look back, but back then all I wanted to do was get dressed up in costume and get on stage and get applauded. You know, right. I was like, ah. <laughs> and, uh, and I, my first play was the 12 dancing princesses and I was the king and I was a diva. Like, you know, I had to have my <laughs> costume specifically. Oh gosh. And I also, looked forward to coming home and having my parents, they, they recognized that I was good at it Yeah, and yeah. they, they enjoy, and, and they, instead of getting criticized and told what I can do, what I was doing wrong, it was, I was praised. And so that, that applause was important to me at that time. Cause it was, it was just tough. I was so, I was so feminine and I just had to, I remember earliest on my, the first people to call me fairy were my uh, fairy or queer were my grandfather and father. And, um, I didn't even know what they were talking about. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, what? I I, I didn't even know. I I just, I didn't even know what they meant. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm listening to this and I kind of relate to the same Mm -hmm. story because when I was a little kid, um, my dad was the coach of our baseball team. So I was like the son's coach, but I never hit the ball once. And I used to not mind getting hit by the ball because it was the only time I actually got on base. <laughs> so I'd be on first base, like waving to my mom. I made it. <laughs> right. And then, yeah. I, then I found theater and it changed everything. Yeah, same for me. Yeah. Because oh. both me and Robbie are like, we did tons of theater when we were growing up and stuff. See, my mom didn't have a choice. I have a twin brother and we're both gay. So, and she has a gay uncle or I have a gay uncle. So my mom was like, ah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Because you did theater and you're an actor, singer. What would be your dream role either as Miss Kasha Davis or not Miss Kasha Davis? I mean, if there's really one role that I, that I, w- I will need to play before I, you know, I'm, I will say before I die, because you can play it when you're old, is Dolly Levi in Hello, Dolly. I mean, that would be such a great experience because she doesn't have to be. I mean, she could be drag. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, I I directed that for high schools back in the day. And I I've played the role of Horace Vandergelder. And in one of my in my one person show, I talk a lot about that particular show because when I was a kid, I used to make all of our neighbors go get their mothers like dresses and yeah. we would put on a show and we would do Hello Dolly. But of course, for rehearsals, I was always Dolly. But then like for the show, <laughs> I, one of the I other girls, like show. she was not allowed to do the role until we actually did it. And she's yeah. like, well, do I get to rehearse? I'm like, you're gonna have to figure it out. I have to do it. <laughs> you know, like I'm yeah. Dolly. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. show. Yeah. That was one of, that was, um, Probably the first show that I did, first musical I did was Hollow Dolly. Me and my brother were both in that in a production oh my here in San Diego. Um, now, would you do Carol Channing Hollow Dolly, Barbara Streisand Hollow Dolly, or Bette Midler Hollow Dolly? I would say Carol slash Bette. Oh, good I, answer. I, I, good answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Carol is the character, and Bette's got the voice. I, I when I, I was, oh, God, whatever her. Carol's final tour of Dolly. I saw it in New York City. Yeah. And I remember rushing the stage thinking those are the biggest eyelashes I've ever seen on the tiniest body. <laughs> and then recently when Bette was in New York City for um the final dress rehearsal, I traveled with my friend Katie and we went to New York City to see the final dress rehearsal and yeah. she just kept messing up and I loved it. You know, it was like, <laughs> you know, she was like, This damn carpet bag, you know, like yeah. and in very Bette fashion, she was like, Ah, you know, I can't remember yeah. all these lines. And it was great. Like, I got to see the uh, final dress. And they yeah. said that that was going to happen. You know, yeah. like she was allowed to break. And I'm like a diehard <laughs> Bette Midler fan ever since sixth grade. So, like, I've seen everything she's done. <laughs> oh, I love she's her. incredible. I yeah. Mean, yeah. 
So I wanted to go back I mean, to Dre to Drag Race really quick because how was going into Drag Race? Because now Drag Race is coming out with season twelve. So when you were on season seven, it was like right in the middle when Drag Race was. I want to say like at its peak, and it's still at its peak. But how was it going into that pressure cooker of Drag Race? Well, it changed my pressure. life yeah. completely in so many ways. Number one, I was working. I was a director for 18 years. I was a director of a call center. And so I did theater and, and drag on the side, you know, because you can't really make a career with that. Right. Yeah. Or at least that was what I told. So I got cast on season seven and I did. I mean, I was I was paralyzed. I mean, partly, you know, I was really heavy, heavily drinking then. And um, and so <laughs> because you couldn't drink while you were filming, I yeah. just took Xanax, you know, so I was kind of a zombie. Um <laughs> Because I was so nervous, you know, yeah. and uh, uh, I and so it kind of kicked me in the ass uh, because when when it when it aired, I had some work, and then my husband and I said, you know what, why don't you do drag full time? And so I left my job, and then I had no bookings. And when I tell you no bookings, I mean nothing. And I was like, what the f did I just do? Yeah. And it was like I got this early retirement at the age of 44. Well, my drinking escalated and got myself into some trouble. And then so now I'm four and a half years sober. So that change in itself was like profound because now I'm clearer than ever. And in that clarity, I realized that it's my own business and I'm, I'm making work happen. Yeah. Where before I was like, eh, nobody wants to book me. Well, no, because you're just sitting in your living room comparing yourself to frickin' Trixie Mattel. It's two different things, <laughs> Edward. You know, because that's what I did. I played the comparison game, yeah. and I realized I wasn't I wasn't celebrating what I do. I was jealous of what she was doing or whoever. Yeah. With the sobriety, how did that even – or go deciding to become sober, was it being in the clubs all the time and having the getting the free drinks and all that that just spiraled out of control? Because I know with like, especially for the how at least we see it here or, or I know growing up, um, the gay bars were kind of like your safe haven as a gay man, and you were always at the gay bars, which comes with drinking. Yeah, so it's like how I, how did you get out of that loop? Well, I think for me, you know, with with or without drag, the alcoholism was there. I I remember. The first time I took a drink of alcohol, I was like, woo, you know, like it took away all those anxieties Mm -hmm. and um, especially being in the closet. And then, you know, when I got divorced, I turned right to Tangeray and then I was like, oh, I can't drink Tangeray. I can only drink vodka. And then I was like, no, I can't drink vodka. I can only drink boxed wine, which was real classy. Um, (laughs) But, you know. I, and and I was able to manage at least, and that's what I did in my addiction. I was able to manage it. I was like, okay, well, I only drink from this time to this time after work, or then it was just the shows. But when I was out of work and alone with my own thoughts, I just anesthetized. And it was, there was a combination of life things that I wasn't dealing with. So between therapy and some outpatient rehab, I kind of had went through the fire and dealt with some shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like, you know, with if you know anybody that's in sobriety or, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, dealing with those things, but also finding like the bigger picture. You're, it's life is bigger than this egotistical thing that you've got going on. Like, it's not all about you and your non bookings, or it's not all about you and the fact that somebody like my mother had passed away. And I was like, that was my excuse to drink. And, you know, everybody deals with these things. Yeah. And so, um, once I kind of like gave it up to the, you know, sort of, sort of the universe or what you will, it was sort of like it went, the obsession went away and that's not without working at it every day. Um, when times get tough, sometimes my mind goes right to it. Um, now it goes to like skinny pop popcorn or granola. (laughs) Um, but that's okay, you know. And it had to have uh, been hard because your tagline is "There's always time for cocktails." So going out, I know. I'm sure that's like, just my luck. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's just my luck, you know. And I was celebrating my alcoholism because it was like sort of like you know how uh, if you're a heavy drinker like I was, it was like yeah, I'm an alcoholic, ha ha ha, you know. Yeah. Um, let me laugh about it with everybody so that I, you know, that's how I fit in. And, um, and I was also celebrating the housewife 
kind of like who snuck it at home because that's what I was doing. And then, um, now it's, uh, you know, I'm very open about it again, much like the story hour stuff. It's just, yes, drag Queens or other entertainers, entertainers or other people in the world, you can have fun and you can go entertain and you can do things and you can also do it sober. Well, so. I, I think you should be commended for realizing it and making those changes in your life. Um, and I'm sure you're much happier now as a result of it. Because I think going back to what Tony was mentioning, it, it's kind of unique in the gay community because our lives, our social lives are so centered around mm-hmm. the bar scene. And it's because it's a safe haven for us. It's a place to go and let you, let your guard down, be yourself, be around like-minded people, be around your friends. And I think sometimes it it, it kind of alcoholism can sneak up on you without you realizing it. And sometimes you don't even see it until you're in your forties or, yeah. you know, later, um, when it's the realization comes, it's like, Oh wow, what am I doing? Right. And, you know, I think one of the things if somebody says, Oh, I'm worried about it. And I, I like one of the things that, uh, I've been taught is this just like, well, try some controlled drinking. And if you can keep it like sort of under wraps, then you're, you're okay. Like, like yeah. you said, it sneaks up, it can sneak up on you. It's very, yeah. oh, it's, you know, uh, drugs and alcohol are just tricky that way. Um, you know, we say in life, everything in moderation, but it's, some of us are made up, you know, it, we're made differently and it affects yeah. us differently. And, and, or our life experiences give us reasons to, to think that we, we might need to overindulge. I'll tell you when I got sober, um, Mr. Davis and I only had sober, uh, we only had sex with, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, alcohol. And I was like, oh, here we're going to try this sober now. You know, uh, it worked, but, <laughs> you know, but it took a minute, you know, because I wasn't, yeah. I, you know, I, I remember when I was dating back then, you know, you had to get a couple drinks in you before you went over to talk to somebody. Yeah, that's how I got Rob. <laughs> I know. Wait, oh, wait a minute. I'm kidding, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> so um, are, you're going to be at DragCon this year, right? Yes. Yeah, so are we. We're going to be there. Uh, I Actually, we met you at DragCon last year very, very briefly, and I was super nervous to talk to you. I was like, and I was standing um, near where Darien Lakes um, booth was and i remember seeing you walk by and i did and i was like nudging rob i'm like that's kasha davis that's kasha davis i don't know yeah. i want to go and talk to her <laughs> and can i say because i i know uh, some of our listeners might remember we talked to you for a few minutes on our drag con episode last year but a- after we were we we're done talking to you i was telling tony i'm like kasha is so nice i know like, that was the like i i got really good vibes from chatting with you you just came across really friendly and a down-to-earth person and somebody easy to talk to so i'm glad i'm glad you had time to come on and yeah, talk to us for sure oh i i really appreciate that and i think you know again regardless of what uh goes mainstream and how big any of this gets yeah. you know we're it's still our community and, and we may be we may be choosing to share it with the rest of the world mm-hmm. but you know we're here for each other and if we can keep that humility and being grounded that way i think we'll just we'll be we'll be better for it yeah do you have like who do you within the drag race community or just drag in general, who are some of your favorites that you look at and go, God, they're good. They're killing it right now. Or they've always been one of your favorites. Well, you mentioned my favorites, which, you know, uh, we talked, we talked about Miss Richfield and, Mm -hmm. and Barla Jean. And, uh, I, um, I have Coco Peru, you know, I, these, these people are, that's, and I I aspired to that cabaret level and Jackie beat and Jerry vine and, Oh, that's when so I, fun. you know, when I saw, when I saw drag, when I, when I thought of a drag career, yeah, that is what I said that I was aspiring to get to, but I had the, I, I, I am so grateful. I had the opportunity to work with Bianca Del Rio a couple of times and she is, she is that person, but now she's gotten, you know, just out of Huge. control, successful. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> crazy and she successful. is down to earth. Oh yeah, really? Okay. She's de- yeah, she's she's. I mean, she, you know, her persona is her persona. But when you you know, uh, I ha- I got to open for her on her tour, and she was just so helpful and delightful and fun, and we hung out and, you know, she got every every t- every stop we made. Her first thing was like, we got to go get a coffee and give out free tickets at Starbucks because you know the gays work there. You know, it was just, <laughs> you know, uh, that and she filled 
Carnegie Hall. And, uh, yeah. you know, this is and this is somebody who works at it and is gr- grateful and uh, yeah. wants to see other people succeed. And, you know, she didn't have to offer that to myself and to Sherry Vine and to Wendy Ho. Oh, I to, love Wendy to tour Ho. With her. Oh, Wendy Ho is oh, so is, good. Yeah, her voice is ridiculous. Yeah, and everybody uses her music. I know. Um, <laughs> so, it's so, so it's great that she got that opportunity. But yeah. you know, those are the girls, and I do. I I love to see Trixie uh, succeed. She when we when we were cast, we had like a group chat, you know, yeah. and uh, we were only allowed to talk to each other about it stuff, which of course, whatever. But so so we would chat, and right from the beginning, she had her head on the right way with regard to like the business aspect of it and, mm-hmm. and what she was going to do. And I'll, I'll never forget. Like she said to me, she was like, I don't know if I'm as old as you uh, and I'm still trying to do drag, uh, you know, kill me or whatever. I was like, okay, girl. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah. we talked about, she was like, well, what would a one woman show be? And you've been doing this. So, you know, I love to see that she just, she continues to grow and, and, mm-hmm. and, and works at it. But you know, our, our community, our drag racers sometimes can get full of themselves, but that's every industry, right? Oh, that is so true. Oh, yes. We know that. <laughs> when we started the podcast, it was it was interesting because we researched for about a year and then we decided to do it because San Diego didn't have something like this. But I noticed the bigger we've gotten, oh my God, everybody and their mother has an opinion about everything we say. And they're so vocal about it. Yeah. 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 And then also it doesn't matter whether you're in podcasting, you're in community theater, even yeah. the the biggest fish in the smallest pond can have the biggest egos. It's oh, crazy. that is so true. Oh. <laughs> the ego it's, dealing with it the kills ego. me. No, I, I saw some some friends who are in theater recently and uh they're like, Oh, so uh you're you're traveling. Do you make money doing that? Are you happy? I wanna like I'm like Ugh. I'm thinking to myself, okay. I don't know whether you're jealous or you're just trying to be rude because I would never ask you if you're whatever your job is, like, are you happy with it? And are you making money? Like, what? I know, (laughs) you know, like, uh, no, I just, it's all volunteer work, you know? So, uh, what is it like performing in, in Rochester? I know you travel, you travel around a lot too, but, um, have, have you ever thought about moving to the city or do you prefer to live upstate? Well, we love living here first off, cause it's affordable. Uh, Darien Lake also lives in, in this community and we get to be that sort of big fish in the small pond. We have, uh, a, a monthly brunch, um, that we're going to be doing more often cause it just sells easily and, we have a stand-up night, um, and then we we will will perform. So we have a nice base of uh, shows here. Mm-hmm. But Steve and I, my husband and I, would we would consider moving. But the situation is that, like I said, our daughter, our youngest, is getting married, and the other one, too. Uh, you know, when they're when they raise families, we want to be a part of that. So we will snowbird maybe to Palm Springs, <laughs> like you, you know, January through March or something yeah. like that. I know with Rob yeah. and I, we decided to stay in San Diego because my sister was having kids and stuff. So we're like, oh, because we were thinking, okay, we'll give the East East Coast a try for a while. But then when she started popping out those babies, we were like, oh, we should stay. Well, we were just in Palm Springs, and I love it there just because oh, Palm Springs is beautiful. Oh, I mean, it's just crazy now, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, it's got it's it's you know you you could go and see Joan Collins or Morgan Fairchild doing a one woman show at Oscars, and then go check out Morgan McMichael's at the brunch the next day. I mean, it's like ridiculously yeah. fun. It's not that expensive, really. No, it's not the actually housing. That is like you can yeah. find. I was talking to my friend Ethelina, and she was like, "Look, you know, if you're not too pretentious, I mean, you could get a condo or even like you know some of the mobile homes for like." Under a hundred thousand, and then you know, obviously, you'd rent it out on off yeah. months or whatever. But. <laughs> Being our a what is it, Airbnb? A- <laughs> oh yeah, and making a make I, a little extra money. Yeah, that's right. And I just you know. So for you, Miss Kasha Davis, what do you have coming out? Like, what's what's in the future plans for you? Any new shows? I know the World of Wonder. You have two shows coming out. Well, just the, we have another uh, season of This Is Shit. Yeah. <laughs> that we're going to be filming, and. Uh, and so that that's happening. And then I'm just Darren and I are working on a uh, a tour again uh, together. That's going to be more of a, a comedy tour. And um, 
other than that, it's you know, it's it's the one-offs and the good vibes to the universe to be cast on a season of All Stars. Oh, that would, that be, would be that amazing. would be great. <laughs> yes, you know, is, it would be cool to see some of the more of the queens. I think from the earlier seasons to come back on for All Stars. Yeah, that would be really nice. Well, to see. you know, I think there they have so many different shows. You just never know; something can come up. They have not just the the World of Wonder and Drag Race company, but they have other spinoffs, um, mm-hmm. etc. And uh, I have a a very talented documentary uh, person who's working on my story, um, and I I never uh, you know it's a it's a work in progress. I'm not sure when it's going to be out, but. I'm looking forward to that because she's going to shop it to film festivals as well as like a Netflix. Yeah. And it's, and it's the idea of this, this, what we've been talking about, this older queen who got cast on drag race and you know, what has life been like, you know, what, <laughs> yeah. what has it been like to try to keep afloat? That would be a fan. And, uh, I would watch that. I think that would be fascinating. Just like, cause yeah, it's so. a different viewpoint than some of the other documentaries about drag that it's been out lately. Like Jinx's one that came out and Trixie had one. We have a, we, our community can obviously still like, you know, put, put people in their boxes. Yeah. And as an older queen, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't death drop anymore because if I do, it'll be literal. <laughs> uh, Are you going to be doing yeah. more of out and about with uh, Miss Kasha Davis? Because I know you did, there were two that came out, one with the farm and then for the bakery. We just released one today where I go to a gym working out. And then we have one coming with a little girl who makes birdhouses to raise money for a animal shelter. And then we have one coming out for, uh, oh, I go to the fire company. Oh, uh, nice. An engine gun. <laughs> yeah. So all the fire, the firemen. Oh my God. That was so much fun. <laughs> I bet. Uh, <laughs> And they were sweet, you know, they just were, they were, they were into it and it was fun. And then, um, we are, oh my gosh, what is that called? Where it looks like a broom, uh, curling. I'm scheduled to go and film that. (laughs) So these, this curling team, you know, and, and honestly, um, once we get a couple more of those, we're going to package that up and try to, to, uh, to, to shop it because the idea is that, you know, these are short little videos where it's like, okay, I, I could be anywhere. I could be making a pizza. Yeah. I could be showing kids that it's okay. You know, you don't have to be scared to go to the doctor or blah, blah, blah. Mm. And, uh, again, focusing more on the kids, but that bugs bunny humor where there's some adult jokes thrown in there that the yeah. kids don't get. <laughs> so it appeals to the kids and their parents, which is, that's good. right. You know, <laughs> Well, I learned that if you're going to write a kid's book, you're writing it for the parents because the kids, you know, they're the just looking at the picture times a week. <laughs> it's the parents that pick up the book and buy it. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, yeah. Now, now that Ru, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race has been on for 12 seasons or going into 12 seasons, there are a lot of young people uh, watch and think, oh, um, I want to be a drag queen. I want to get into drag. I want to get on RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, what kind of uh, advice would you have for a young person who is um, thinking about going into this as a career? Well, I think they should do it. I mean, we live in a different age where they have a lot at their fingertips, such as social media and videos and tutorials and even just Amazon. I mean, you, yeah. you, you we, we had to search for drag, you know, not that long ago. And uh, it was very difficult to find things or have yeah. things made. And you had, so now they have those things at their fingertips you know, as with anything else, it's going to be, are you going to be what I I think personally, I try to tell any of the kids that I talk to is that's just like, who are you? And what do you, who do you stand? What do you stand for? Like you can take bits and pieces of people you love, but how do you find your own self and your own character? Mm-hmm. Because we have so many copycats and yeah. that's fine because that is a part of the process, I think. Um, but you know, to discover your own, um, your own persona. And then if you decide you're going to go and you're going to make this, uh, treat it like a business, you know, it's, uh, you can't sit and wait for things to happen. Uh huh. I agree with you. You know, you got to make it happen. You know, you do you. And and if that is, if that means you're going to be a look queen on Instagram, then you need to be consistent with your posts and think about what you post. I have some friends and sisters who, who will post some things 
say about a negative experience with a nightclub or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, do you think that doesn't happen for everybody? Because yeah. the fact of the matter is you putting that out there publicly shows other clubs that we might not want to book that person. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. they're complaining about, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, because like, what if we make a mistake, you know, yeah. because mistakes happen, it's a business and it is entered the entertainment business, you know? So in that respect, choose wisely is, are you choosing fame or you choose, or, or do you, do you have a message? Do you, are you going to, if you're going to entertain, you know, what what is payment to you because yeah. the greed the greed and that that young uh freshness only lasts so long we're only young mm-hmm. for so long <laughs> <laughs> that's true, true. true. <laughs> you know it's great to be i always say to darian i'm like you know we just got to remember uh if you if you liken it to the analogy of a pot of of water it's like it's great to boil, but it it's really it's it's the longevity is in the simmer. So mm-hmm, yeah. these quick fixes or these quick successes, they're fine, but you know, you want the long term. Right. I think. Do, do you want a microwave meal or do you want a slow cooked <laughs> dinner? A four course <laughs> yeah, dinner. You know, what do you want? <laughs> and and I guess I would wrap that up with like just remember that every person you meet matters. You know, sometimes people are like, Oh, you know, the only person that can help me is for sake of conversation, RuPaul, but you know, you might, you might meet somebody in the audition process who's going to have a bigger show than that. Or you might be in a situation at DragCon where, you know, don't just remember that all of these people that you meet can, can and will remember that experience for future things. It's so true. Cause I know with Robbie and I doing theater here, even locally, there's some people we run into who, rub you the wrong way or they're just that ego just is too much or do something that's disrespectful and then you're later some other casting person who's directing a show that they're auditioning for asks your opinion on that person and you give them the feedback so it's like you have to be kind to everybody i think in the business because you never know who they know and who they're going to talk to Mm-hmm. And, right, and, and who's, or, who's going to recommend somebody to yeah. someone else? Because it's happened even even in community theater, where I'll be at the auditors' table, and the auditioners will be out in 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 the lobby waiting. And at the end, when it came time to you know yes and no pile, um, the person sitting at the table would come in and let us know. Okay, here's who had an attitude. Here's who was exactly. difficult, <laughs> and they <laughs> automatically get crap <laughs> in the lobby. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so true. And I think to myself, like when I visit a a a, a club or a school or wherever I may go, some of these drag race queens have it in their contract where they have to be separate. I'm like, put me with everybody I because know. these queens are going to be the ones that are going to talk to the to each other, and they may either be the ones that book for another club or become bigger and better than me. And they'll be like, Oh, you know what? We got to have Mrs. Gosh Davis back. Cause she was a nice lady, Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and be real about it. Like yeah. truly get to know these people because you just never know who's going to be the next person that can help you along the way. Exactly. Well, I love everything you have done with your, your career, Ms. Gosh Davis. And I cannot wait to see what's next for you. Yes, and so I know you've got a lot of YouTube videos too. So I encourage all the listeners out there to subscribe to Mrs. Kasha Davis's YouTube channel yes. because she can sing, she has comedy, she's great on stage. Uh, so you you want to check her out for sure if if you're not already. And for anybody well, who's thank going, you so much, I appreciate. And for anybody who's going to DragCon, you're going to be there too, May first, second, and third this year. DragCon. That's right, with Mr. Davis. Yes, he will be in tow. And I love so, that you guys yeah. walked the we, pink carpet together. I love that. Well, thank you. I, you know, it's been such a, he's been such a huge uh, support in my, in my career and obviously mm. in our relationship, but he's, you know, he's the guy that does the YouTube. Like, I'm like, uh, I'll be foolish on a video, but can you edit this and post it? Cause <laughs> I don't know how to make any of that. You know, I could barely do this, this, uh, what is this called? Skype. So, uh, <laughs> Oh my god, that's like me and Rob's relationship. Rob does all the techie stuff, and I'm just like, put me in front of the mic. Tell me what to do. <laughs> Tony's yeah. just like, just make it happen. Just do it. Yeah, do it. I know. I, I, the, it's so funny you said that. Make it happen. I remember so many times I would point at the the monitor. I'm like, make this go here. And he's like, okay, move. <laughs> that is so what we do. Yep, that's exactly. Oh my god, it. story of our life. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do people find you, Ms. Gasha Davis? 
Well, you can find me on FacePlace and Twatter and InstaSnatch <laughs> under Mrs. Kasha Davis. <laughs> oh, Ms. Kasha Davis, thank you so much for calling in, and it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Well, thank you. Likewise. Enjoy the day. Hey, thanks, you too. You too. Hey everyone, we love hearing from all of our listeners out there, so why not drop us an email at thegang at whoinvitedher.net or like us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and leave a comment there. Let us know your point of view on something we discussed on the air, a topic that you'd love to hear about on a future episode, guests that you want to hear more from, or whatever's on your mind. And be sure to visit our website to click the Take a Survey button at the bottom of the page to answer just a few quick, easy questions to help us learn who's listening out there. Oh, come on. Don't be a Carolyn. Help a bitch out. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was such a fun interview. She's so nice and so sweet. And I'm so glad she was open to talking about her sobriety, her time on That's a lot. Drag Race. Her kids. Her kids. Her husband. And, oh, yeah. Really she cool. She has a good story. I really do hope she does a children's show. Like she said, that would be so cool. Yeah. Netflix, get on it. Yeah, Netflix. What is it like, Mr. Rogers, but in drag? Yeah, Yeah, like a children's. Yeah, Yeah, like that would be so cool. When I said that, both of your eyes lit up. Like, (laughs) I know. But thanks. I'm so thankful that she was able to call into our little show and give give us her time today. Um, But you guys, that is it for us this week. Um, We are going to be at DragCon May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. It's happening. So we're going to be there. So, Mexican Eric, how do people find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram, mexi.eric. And Robbie? You can find me on Instagram at R-O-R-Y-C-O. And I'm already up to almost 200, you guys. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And Miss Megs, people can find you at Moe's. Well, that too. Or uh, Rob mentioned kilts earlier. I'm like, kilts? Let's like, you can find me in Scotland. <laughs> under a kilt. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. It's Tony underscore baloney underscore macaroni. You can follow the podcast on Instagram. It's who invited her underscore podcast. Um, or on Facebook and Twitter. It's who invited her SD. You can always email us at the gang at who invited her.net. We love hearing from everybody. You guys give us a call anytime you want. The number is 619-822-2369. Leave us a message. If you have a secret you want to get off your chest and want to do it anonymous, leave it. We will play it on the show. Or if you just need advice, help with the help with the life. Life question. We're here for you. <laughs> I don't know if you should listen to us, but we have we have opinions. Yes, we have opinions. Plenty of them. So, you guys, we're gonna leave you today with Mrs. Gasha Davis's song "Cocktail" because there's always time for a cocktail, which is a sure is. <laughs> which is sure is. after this episode. I was gonna say like right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see you next week, you guys. Bye. 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 Sometimes I wore my mother's hair. She opened up that door. door. I love our chewy lies of Peggy Lee. These divas are a part of me. They gave it all and more.